Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Travel Group. Southwestern Travel crafts custom, memorable travel experiences for meetings and incentive travel, leisure travel, and student group travel for clients around the world. We connect travelers to memorable destinations and life-enriching experiences through personalized counsel and management of all the travel details. Our team of travel advisors design itineraries and experiences to best match with you and your group's travel style and interests. Southwestern Travel goes above and beyond to elevate your corporate events and personal trips. To bring your next inspired event or leisure trip to life and receive a free destination guide, go to www.southwesterntravel.com forward slash action. Welcome to the Action Catalyst podcast. This is Dan Moore, and today we want to present a conversation between Southwestern Consulting's Ron Alford and the founder and president of Southwestern Travel, Terry Rickard. Terry's going to share her thoughts about taking ownership of decisions, building confidence, the power of honesty, and how she, like the rest of the travel industry, needed to get highly creative to work around COVID. It's an engaging and informative conversation. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe now so that you don't miss out on many others like it. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Today, Terry's going to work with us on really a variety. We're going to dig in on ownership. We're going to work on some confidence. We're going to work on some belief, right? That's right. That's right. All the above. Well, guys, the reason we had Terry on, and you're going to love today, the things she's went through in her personal life, some of the challenges, uh, and then the things that she's built as now the president of Southwestern Travel. Um, so Terry's a travel industry leader offering a decade of experience basically crafting the vision, the strategy, and the action plans to drive growth and generate results and propel operational improvements. So she founded Southwestern Travel Group, which is a full-service travel agency in 2016. And then she led through a diversity of challenges, including our global pandemic. When you talk about the stuff that she's kind of taken this company through, she's still hiring and growing this company, uh, which is incredible. Terry is incredibly strong. She has an incredible vision. Um, she does absolutely whatever it takes to make that vision a reality. She's a fearless leader and at the same time has a very kind heart. Woo, that was a long introduction. Terry, welcome. Wow, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I always say I'm not going to cry. I'm going to try not to cry today, but I can't make any promises. Awesome having you on and just the things you've done. And, you know, I'm excited for our listeners to hear you. Well, walk us through, if you don't mind, maybe a little of your personal story and the whole idea of taking responsibility for everything in your past, your present, and then as you kind of look ahead into your future. So if you don't mind, maybe give us a little bit of the background. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from the time that I was born, right, I've dealt with uh, struggles with my, with my dad. So he was in prison for the first five years of my life. When he was not in prison, he was not a very nice guy. He was an addict. He was an alcoholic. He was abusive, both verbally. Uh, to really, to my mom, my sisters and I had never experienced that fully, but but we watched it in our home, which was difficult. And what is incredibly personal, though, is that I was named after my dad. Right. So this is 
something that was difficult for me growing up because here I have this person that I didn't necessarily think represented the kind of person I wanted to be, but that's who I was named after. And that's who uh, people associated me with. And they would say, Hey, you know, you're just like your dad. You look like your dad. You're acting like your dad right now, Terry, you know, those types of things. And so from, you know, an early age, I was challenged with this label really and trying to overcome, is that the kind of person I want to be known for? The thing that I had to remind myself of and something I was really grateful for, for some outside influences from my older sister, you know, we were uh, invited to church and I found my faith and, uh, you know, God really started to speak to me about who he says I am. And so that was something that I took with me uh, and, and decided, like I made a decision to take ownership of who God says I am and let that be the story. You know, my dad went, went back to prison, unfortunately, when I was 14. I didn't get back out until I was in my early 20s. And thankfully, I, I was able to recover a relationship with him. And he became the kind of dad I wanted him to be over time and, and after he found his own faith in God. And so long story short, that would be um, the, one of the biggest challenges and the first challenge that helps propel me really. This is really powerful. And so Terry's going to dive in. There's four challenges that we're going to work on in our time today. And so if you can, this first challenge, the ownership, you're already obviously kind of digging in on this and owning your past, but this is our first of four. So walk us through. I mean, you, you obviously had some acceptance to happen there, you know, accept who you are. And, and for you, the, the spiritual faith that you got that really helped kind of help you think differently. How has that played out in your life now? Yeah, I mean, I've taken that um, over the course of my time, you know, obviously going from the the family I grew up in, I had to make decisions and choices to um, either live in that world or decide to uh, do something better. And so uh, part of that or a lot of it was just making good decisions in school, deciding to work hard and put myself through college. I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So but just knowing that I can do that. And, you know, deciding to uh, really look at, you know, the different opportunities in my life and take it, take advantage of them, right? Just choosing to say, hey, uh, there's this opportunity to work with Southwestern. And then once I started working with Southwestern, one of the things I loved so much about working here is that we, we, we're a team of partners, right? And, and we have opportunities to have a positive impact if we choose to solve problems and not walk past problems, right? You know, the whole thing about saying it's not my job, right? I took on a, a part uh, with the corporate travel piece within the family companies. It wouldn't necessarily have been part of my job description. It wasn't originally, but I saw the need. I saw um, that there was an, a lack of strategy there and, and how can we make improvements? And uh, so I just, I dug in and uh, invested the time and the energy to uh, do the research, to find, the, to analyze the data to perfect the negotiation processes. And, you know, it, it just all started to come together, but, but it was a choice. And, and that is something that we cultivate in Southwestern Travel Group is, you know, we are all hands on deck. We're back to startup mode, <laughs> you know, um, we're starting over and we, uh, we want to really look at it, at, at what we're doing and see how we can make the most impact and just get get the job done, help our clients uh, with their travel and, and navigating this new world of COVID and restrictions and testing and, and those types of things. So mm. a lot of times I get the question, you know, what did you guys do in the beginning of the pandemic, right? Like, what was that like? You know, at the beginning, it 
was very challenging. Of course, we're, we're taking something that we've spent the better part of 18 months planning and we're literally watching that dissolve. And that was very, very emotional for our team. It was, you know, for me personally, I was in complete, uh, you know, denial. Like this is going to be over in a few months. It's, it's fine. But um, it wasn't fine and it wasn't going to be over in a few months. And I realized, hey, I'm in, I'm in denial right now. You know, I have to recognize that there's an, a negative event happening and I have to accept that this is happening. And then we have to focus as a team, focus on the things that we can control, right? Our activity, our attitude, those types of things. And then we use that really to transform our situation into with to positive momentum and, and, and move forward. One other question with culture, though, when you talk about creating an a culture of, of ownership. How do you create that culture where we all own, we all take responsibility, we all don't blame, you know, and look around and say, oh, that's not my job, as you referred to? Well, you know, I think it's just being, it's it's starting with curiosity, right? So when, when someone says it's not my job, what are they really saying? To me, it's, they're saying they don't know what the other person is dealing with, right? It's, you know, I, I look at that situation and I say, well, how can I make an impact? What are, what's the real problem? You know, and, and is it really my, maybe it is my job. Maybe I do need to be involved in that. What can we do to make a positive impact in that situation? Uh, what do the facts tell us? What are the facts? Like, let's take the emotion out of it. Let's take, you know, uh, how we feel and just find out what the facts say. And I think that's part of it. Um, for us, at least, that's how we work with our team is we, we sit down together. We look at what's going on, where the problems are, and we get into the details of them. And we just take action. We just do the next right thing. And, and don't allow how big it is to stop you from moving forward. It is that small step forward and it builds that momentum to the next step, at least again for me and for our team. You bet. That is brilliant. There's all these time management challenges. And so Terry, we got to ask, I mean, what, what's the challenge there? And then what are some things you've done to help with your schedule? Yeah, you know, uh, it is um, our responsibility or me, for me to discipline myself with planning out my day, planning out my week. And I put those important things in first and then I, I fill up my schedule with the, the, the next set of goals. You know, how many calls do I want to uh, make and, and connect with clients or prospects or, you know, how much time do I have uh, to, to spend with my team and putting that in to the schedule. And you know, I would say four, maybe five years ago, I was not doing this at all. You know, I, I was literally just letting my schedule, uh, my day dictate my schedule versus me dictating what needs to get done. That's something that I've learned, just time blocking. And of course, it's not perfect, right? Things come up. I mean, we can't, uh, we can't know what fires are going to uh, start in the middle of our week. So things are going to come in and I'm going to have to rearrange. But it is. Again, it's it's choosing to say no to things or choosing like we either are going to say no or yes. Right. So we have to decide, is that important? Does it go on my schedule now or do I push it off until next week or, or put it on the calendar later? You know, I was really bad at first saying yes to everything. Yes, I'll take that next appointment. Yes, I'll talk to that vendor. Yes, I'll do this. And I was filling my schedule with things that were not achieving the, the vision, the big goal. And I had to take ownership of that. Terry, we've talked about you. Like, how have you broken belief barriers? How have you kind of stretched your thinking and then had the confidence when you do have setbacks? What keeps your confidence consistent? You know, 
it, it is this going to sound like it's so easy, but it, it really isn't. It, it is truly telling myself every day those positive affirmations. So uh, you can't see it, but on my wall, there's two, you know, eight by 11 sheets and they're my personal positive affirmations that I stand in front of my desk in the morning and I say who I am and what I'm, what I want to be, what I'm going to do, those types of things. And, you know, going through a pandemic. So not only did I have a pandemic, but my dad that I did build that relationship back with passed away. Right. So he had cancer. He died. And so I'm dealing with that. And then the, the business. Right. So then there's that piece. And so the confidence comes from knowing that I really do have the power within me if I choose to do the work, choose to set my schedule, choose to, to do all the, the right things. And I say that loosely, but it's just making the choice to do it. And I'm, I'm focused on the vision uh, and it is affirming uh, myself. And I, and I say that because my love language is affirmation, right? And so as a leader, we're not always getting that pat on the back saying, good job, you did it. Uh, you made it through a pandemic. You're, you know, there's not really a lot of that going on. So I had to learn to do that for myself. What is the quote? If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. That is so true for me. Amen. I tried to toe the line on this one. I've told my kids recently that the word can't is worse than the F word. I'm like, boys, the, the worst word in the dictionary is that, is that word can't. One of the quotes I have framed in my office says, great things never come from comfort zones. I know that when I'm uncomfortable, I'm doing good stuff, right? When I'm stepping out of that comfort zone and I am really going to the next level, I'm challenging myself um, to, to do great things. So um, I just, I think that that's a big part of success and going forward. So Terry, for you, I mean, as the president of this company, Southwestern Travel, for you to kind of pivot during the pandemic, for you to have this challenge, give us a couple of things. I know you've already alluded to some of them, but are there any additional things you'd say that have helped you kind of set the course and re re-energize the team? Yeah, I think um, one thing that I'll, I'll add, and it, it is on vision still, but it, when, I, when we talk about vision and, and when we talk about energizing or, or uh, getting the team excited, you know, one of the things in, in travel, when you see everything kind of stop, I, we challenge ourselves to look at where the opportunities are. One of the analogies that I give uh, to my team is, you know, this past year, I was in a, a conference, a virtual conference, and the speaker would share a video. And he said, hey, I want you to watch this video. There's some guys playing basketball. I want you to count how many times they pass the ball. And when they, when you do that, it's a 30-second video. You've probably heard this before, but I just, you count it, and you're like, oh, it's 13 times. That's great. Awesome. I got the number right. But then the speaker said, hey, did you see the guy in the monkey suit moonwalking across the gym floor? No, I didn't see that guy because I was counting the people passing the ball. And I think it's such a good analogy for you only see what you're looking for. And so in travel for us, for my team, we're looking for those opportunities. We're looking for the pent up demand. We know that leisure travel is going to make a, a comeback faster maybe than some of the other travel. We know that domestic travel will be a, a big area of focus for us. I said sports travel. Travel is going to be cleaner and safer than ever. So that's something we can lean on and talk about, you know, during the, the six months or eight months, kind of that, that core part of the pandemic, we spent a lot of our time talking with our vendors, asking about their COVID-19 plan. How are we going to ensure that our clients are safe and feel confident when they come and visit your property or your venue or your destination? So we're prepared for those questions when our, our clients call and we're ready when they're ready to travel. We're here for them. 
And so I would say that that's one of the areas for us that we get excited about. With all the distractions, I'm guessing in personal life, obviously the business, you know, how do you still take action? How do you kind of do the things on your schedule, even though there's a bunch of things trying to throw you off course? Gosh, you know, it is discipline, right? For me, it's just deciding to be disciplined in that area. You know, my husband would probably uh, attest to this or, or say, you know, I, I really do try to set the expectation for the week, right? I try to talk to my team or talk to my family and say, here's what I have going on. That to me, right, is really, it's it's really the discipline. But then the next level to that is the vision, right? It's the vision. It's being thankful for another day, another opportunity to serve. So at 5 a.m., when I don't always feel like getting up, I know that um, I'm getting up to serve. I'm getting up for another day of uh, impact. And um, I'm getting up to, to get to the end goal, the big vision to achieve, uh, you know, an incredible travel company that connects with people across the globe. It, it's just knowing what that vision is, having that in front of you every day and looking at it and just reminding yourself of it. So that's that's what it is for me. Going back to your affirmations that are on your wall, do you do they ever become stale? Like, do you update those affirmations to help you? I do, I do, and and the other, but there are some that are core that I know that I'm going to need to be reminded every day. So, reminding myself that I'm a master of my schedule, that I'm going to achieve everything that I set out for myself to do today. I tell myself that, like, no matter what happens, what comes up, I'm going to achieve these ten things for sure. And I'm going to end the day with that confidence, knowing that I got those 10 things done or whatever they are for that day. Um, but it is that affirmation. I will complete all projects, calls, and paperwork that I sent out to complete. I will meet all deadlines, and I am the master of my schedule. That's it. I'm loving this. I'm wondering, what advice would you give to your younger self at the start of your career? Man, ah, oh, that's a good question. Um I would say the advice I would give is to take ownership of your schedule as soon as possible. That is something I procrastinated on and and, and resisted in the beginning. And and I told myself it would be too hard. I have too much personal stuff going on. There's with travel, there's so many problems that come, a delayed flight, someone checking in at the the hotel and not having their confirmation. That stuff can't wait. There's certain things that just can't wait. So it just piled on and piled on. And um, as you build and you build a team and a support system, that um, certainly makes it easier. But controlling my schedule would probably be one of the one things I would go back and say, I wish I had done earlier or someone had encouraged me and helped me take accountability for it sooner. Yeah, I love that, Terry. And not resisting it. Like you said, you resist. It's not that you had never heard of that this concept. I resisted it. Mm -hmm. You resisted. Where do you track your schedule? I mean, you just lock it in an outline and do you get really specific like pillow to pillow or how? how... Pillow to pillow. And that part was the hard, that part that was hard for me because I'm like, do I really have to schedule in personal time? Like time with my kid? Like that seems weird. Don't we just orphan time <laughs> with our kids, right? Um, but it's easy to uh, forget about the date night you talked about if you don't put it on calendar. It's easy to say, put something else in place of that if it's not on the calendar. So for me personally, I like Outlook calendar. It's on my phone. It's on my computer. It, it, it's easy to see. Um, I look at it every day, uh, every morning, every night, and I just follow it. This is what I have to do today. Love it. Well, before we part, any other little thoughts you want to leave our, our listeners with? Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I just challenge you to really look at your, your schedule and what are you spending your time on and, and align that with your vision. What is your vision? Uh, what do you have for your business, for your team? And, and schedule it in and, and make it a priority. Your family, your family time, your date nights, all of that is, is so, so important. Yeah. Way to go on the personal stuff too. I, I love how, I think a lot of our people that have joined us today are going to love this because of how approachable you are. Like just your, your real nature. I think sometimes we see these presidents of companies or these top, top producers or these, they, they, they seem droid-ish. But for you, just the transparency, the realness is infectious, which is awesome. We cannot thank you enough for being with us. We appreciate you. Oh, it's a pleasure. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.